Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Oh, come on. Come on, Hillsong, Kansas City. Can we make some noise for Jesus? Thank you so much. Come on, can we give God a big praise this morning? Come on. Across both locations. Come on, how many of you know he's worthy of all the glory, all the honor, all the praise? Anybody glad to be in the house of God this morning? You guys sound incredible. You look amazing. So glad to be here. And uh, we are excited to be in Kansas City with you. I want you to say hi to at least three people around you as you make your way to your seat. Come on, smile at somebody. Give them a high five, an air hug. How good is this worship team? Come on, can you give them a big, big hand? They're amazing. Can we welcome everybody at the plaza location? Come on, that they're watching. Give them a big, big hand. Come on, let's welcome them in. Hey, as you heard, my name is Alex, and I'm from Calvary Church from Miami, Florida, and we are a Hillsong family church, and uh, I want to tell you, we, we feel like we're at home. This is absolutely amazing. Feels just like our church at home. You have an incredible church, a beautiful church, and we're so glad to be with you this morning. We were at the 9 a.m. at the plaza, and it was electric in there. I mean, the plaza was just on fire. It was awesome, and I'm excited for this service as well. I want to thank and honor Pastors Kyle and Liz. Thank you so much for your life. Come on, can you show them some love? They're absolutely amazing. They're incredible. And uh, maybe about four years ago, we met them as we went to a Hillsong family gathering. Um, we went into a room where we didn't know anybody. You ever been in a room where it's really awkward? extremely awkward and we were just sitting in the corner like what are we even doing here and they approached us started talking to us you have the nicest kindest sweetest pastors on the planet come on you guys are blessed they're absolutely amazing they're legends and uh both of your buildings are, are beautiful they're absolutely amazing we're glad to be here it's been a fun morning and i can't wait for today i brought my wife with me diana come on she's awesome my colombian queen any colombians in the house one, babe, there's one Colombian in the house. Amazing. Alex, you're in Kansas City. I know, but you know, you never know. Uh, one Colombian, amazing. She's from Colombia and uh, absolutely gorgeous. And so I brought her with me. Um, she's like, I'm going. They're, they're such a creative church. I want to see everything they got. So she came along for the ride. She also can't leave me alone. All right, so let's go. Let's, let's get into today's word. If you grab your Bibles, go to the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. As you're going there, why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them you look fantastic this morning. Come on, smile at the person next to you. Why don't you turn to option number two on the other side and tell them, actually, you look better than my first neighbor. Some of you might get in trouble. Genesis chapter one, all the way at the beginning of the Bible, first book, first chapter. If you're somewhere around uh, Matthew, Mark, hit reverse. If you still can't find it, we'll put it up on the screens, no worries. Genesis chapter one, if you're there, say amen. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. You guys are absolutely amazing, and we've watched you from afar for a while, and uh, what an amazing, beautiful church. I'm excited to be here. Amen? Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. I want to read the first three verses, and hopefully God can speak to us today, help us. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said 
let there be light and there was light and there was light out of those three verses this morning I want to share a message with you that helped me um, last year I shared this with our church uh, toward the end of last year and as I was getting ready for today I really felt an impression upon my heart to share this message and my soul needs it I'm thinking somebody needs it hopefully God can speak to us and help us this morning I want to share a message if you got a notebook or uh, a pad somewhere to write something down I've titled this message above the clouds above the clouds tonight I'm excited at the 6 p.m. I'm gonna share another message called born for this and we're talking about the Holy Spirit tonight and I'm praying for revival and I'm praying that God will speak and stir something up in our hearts amen come on let's pray and then we'll get into today's message father we thank you so much for your goodness for your grace for your love and mercy thank you for loving people like us we don't deserve it we can't earn it there's nothing that we can do to get your love you are just so kind and for that we love you this morning God thank you for this amazing beautiful church thank you for all you're doing across locations and places and people's hearts God I believe that the best is still yet to come for this church this is only the beginning God continue to stir hearts and speak to us in Jesus name we thank you all of God's people say oh come on all of God's people say can you make some noise for Jesus one more time come on In the year 1977, there was a major blackout in the city of New York. It was a historical blackout. July 13 and 14 of that year, 1977, there were some thunderstorms with lightning, and they hit some power lines. Some power lines went down, and there was a major blackout all throughout New York City. You're talking about all the boroughs were affected. A city with 8 million people, they say that approximately 4 million people had no power. Boroughs like the Bronx and Queens, Manhattan, entire neighborhoods went pitch black. Something about darkness brings a sense of insecurity and chaos to our heart. As the sun began to set, people began to lose their minds and get uncomfortable, and the scene got chaotic. In fact, fights broke out in the streets as people were wondering what happened. Looting began in the streets of New York City. That night, cops arrested over 400 people because of the chaos that happened all throughout the city. Darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in darkness, but something about darkness is confusing and chaotic. I, haven't, I wasn't born in 1977. As you can tell, I'm fairly young. Um, thank you. Some of you laughed. I don't know if that's insulting or good or... But in Miami, Florida, in August of 1992, we had a Category 5 hurricane hit South Florida. It was Hurricane Andrew. Maybe you've heard about it. I was only about 10 years old when Hurricane Andrew hit Miami. But I remember as we prepared and as the, the night came, uh, the hurricane moved into South Florida. And you could hear the wind outside. It was howling. like It sounded like a bear was growling outside of our door. The windows were shaking. It was nonstop rain, gushes of wind that were literally shaking the house it was intense I remember my, my dad my dad called me over to the back window and he's like Alex come check this out thinking about it now I don't know if that was a good idea but I trust that my dad loves me but he called me to the back window and he's like look look our back neighbor had this aluminum kind of roof that he had put over his terrace and the wind was so strong that it would pick up this roof and slam it down pick it up and slam it down after about an hour this wind came by that picked up the roof and completely tore it off the house and send it over the house 
It was absolutely crazy. I remember the next morning waking up, we walked around the neighborhood. Everything was a mess. Everything was destroyed. Talk about chaos. I remember a couple days later, we drove to the south side of our city, and from the highway, I looked over, and Miami-Dade, the whole south part was completely devastated in ruins, one of the worst hurricanes to ever hit a national city. Nothing was functioning. I think we can all agree that sometimes life feels like blackouts and Category 5 hurricanes. This is how life sometimes feels. Life will hit us and leave us confused, dazed, and in a moment of chaos. I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Maybe you're in here today and mentally you've been walking in a fog because life has been difficult and challenging and you feel like confused. You don't know where you're going. What's next in my life? Maybe emotionally you're cold, you're detached. Something has happened in your soul because life has been difficult and hard. Maybe you're in here this morning and spiritually you're just saying, Alex, I don't know why I'm I'm apathetic. I, I feel detached. I don't feel passion. I don't feel faith like I used to feel because life has been hard. Come on, I, I think the past 12 months has felt like a category five hurricane or a blackout. Almost a year to the date that we all went into lockdown and quarantine. 2021 is like 2020 part two. That's what it feels like, right? And life has been absolutely dark, and it seems like it never stopped. Life has been hard. Maybe you're in here today, and your marriage has been falling apart, and you're like, Alex, I don't know what else to do. Maybe your kids are a mess. Maybe you got this addiction, this habit. Maybe your finances, you haven't been able to get them in order, and it feels like life is just a mess. You ever been there? Me and Diana, we had our own share of grieving and hard times and difficult moments in the last few months. In July of 2020, I lost my uncle to covid and it was extremely hard. My mom was grieving. I, I couldn't do anything for her. It's her only brother. Life was difficult. A few months later, as we're getting ready to go up on our 9 a.m. service, me and Diana were hosting the service. Diana gets a phone call that her uncle also passed, like a second dad to her life. Life can, can, can be difficult. It can be challenging. It can be confusing. It can be chaotic. And the problem with darkness is that at times it feels overwhelming and never-ending. Like, have you ever been in something that feels like it's never going to end? Like this pandemic is never going to end? Like, have you ever gone to a restaurant and the food is taking so long? You're like, we're never eating. Babe, we're never eating. The chef quit. I don't know. There's no food. We're not eating today. We're just not going to eat. All my married men, make some noise. Oh, come on. One more time. All my married men, make some noise. Has your wife ever taken so long? You're like, we're not, we're not leaving the house tonight. We're not going to this part. You ever, you ever been there? Don't say amen. That's a trick question. You say amen, you're in trouble tonight. Like something takes way too long and you're like, when is this over? That's how darkness feels. It feels engulfing. It feels like it surrounds us. We're never going to get out of it. And many of you are in here today. You walked into church. You want to believe God. You want to have faith, but you're walking around in confusion, chaos, and darkness. But I'm glad that we got the word of God because the word of God reminds us who's in absolute control. Oh, come on. He's a good God. That's not going to leave us nor forsake us. Sooner or later, it will change. Sooner or later, the clouds will be lifted. Come on, if you know who you trust in, if you know who you praise in, can you give him a praise this morning? He's a good God. Come on, make some noise across both locations. He's a good God. Today, if you're in darkness, I want to remind you of this, that the darkness of life cannot overcome the light of Christ. The darkness of this life will not overcome the light that I find in Jesus. Come on, somebody, that's some good news. 
I love Genesis chapter 1. I went to Genesis chapter 1, and I felt that God told me to go back to it at the end of last year. Because sometimes when you're in the middle of trouble, you got to go back to the beginning to see why it all started to begin with. Genesis chapter 1, I've read that. I grew up in church. If you're like me, I grew up in church. My parents believe we have to be in church every single day, no matter what. I'm 37 years old. Every day I've been in church. Even if I was sick, don't worry. God's going to heal you in service. We're going to church. Anybody know what's up? I've heard this, read this. I was in Sunday school, saw veggie tales about it. Like, I've heard it forever. But, but toward the end of last year, I felt like God told me, go back to Genesis chapter 1 and read the beginning because I want to show you something. And he spoke to my heart something that I think my heart needed. Because the past 12 months maybe have been dark for a lot of us. But the thing that we have to be careful is don't get stuck in a dark moment. Don't get stuck in a dark moment. Life will be dark at times, confusing, chaotic. Come on, don't get stuck there. And I really felt in my heart that this is for somebody here this morning. God wants to set you free. Come on, don't stay in that moment. Don't get stuck there. God wants to break some people free to get loose in Jesus' name. Look at the person next to you and tell them, don't get stuck. Charles Spurgeon, the late great preacher of the 1800s that led revivals all throughout London and Europe, he said this, ruminating or ruminating upon trouble is bitter work for the soul. In other words, to think about something for so long, like look at all the trouble that I've been on, it leads to a bitter soul. Some of you were in 2021, but you're still stuck in 2020. We're in 2021, but you're still in 2013. We're in 2021, but you're still in 1998 because this person offended me and I can't go to can, can, can tell your neighbors. I'm not telling my neighbor nothing. Last time my neighbor cheated on me, abused me, lied to me. I'm not giving God no prayer. And you're stuck in a moment when God has so much more for you. He's a good God. He has a hope and a future. Come on, somebody, don't get stuck. I'm going to praise God because I know he's a God that makes a new way. Come on, that's the God that we serve. That's why the prophet Jeremiah says in the book of Lamentations, this I call to my mind and remembering that his compassions fail not and his mercies are made new each and every single day. Come on, somebody. Paul says in Philippians, think about such things, whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about that. What's on your mind? Sometimes we get stuck in a dark moment and we can't move forward. I choose to remember who God is. Genesis chapter 1 reminds me of who God is. Come on, let's read this together. Genesis chapter 1. I love this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Somebody say, God created. Can you say it like you had some coffee, a donut? Come on, come on. God created. Why don't you write that down, highlight that God created. Let's look, at, let's look at some application from these three verses. Number one, the first thing I think we can apply from these three verses, number one, God is a creator, so keep faith. God is a creator, so keep faith. In the beginning, God created. God created. God is a creator. In the Hebrew, in the original language, it means to raise up or to lay a foundation to build the architect. God is a creator. He makes things out of nothing. Hear me out. He makes something out of nothing. It's not that God makes something out of things that already existed. He made something out of nothing. It's not like God said, okay, let me grab some sand from over here, put it on South Beach. Let me grab some palm trees, put it in Miami. Let me grab some dolphins, throw them in the ocean. Let me grab, what kind of animals do you guys have in Kansas City? Let me grab some squirrels and deers and put them in camp. <laughs> you know, I grab some humans and throw them all together. No, there was nothing. 
There is not the Latin phrase is ex nihilo to make something out of nothing. Right. Human beings, we think we're creators. We're not creators. We're innovators. We grab what's already created and we innovate from it. But we're not creators. Come on. To create, you got to make from nothing. Thanksgiving morning. A couple, couple months ago. Thanks. Anybody love Thanksgiving? Come on. It's become my favorite holiday. I ate so much. I'm still trying to lose weight from Thanksgiving. Right. Like it was amazing. Dana wakes me up and she's like, babe, babe, today we're. Hallelujah. She said, babe, babe, did I drop this? That was my bad. She said, babe, babe, today we got to go to two family functions. We got to cook a whole lot. Can you help me out? I said, girl, they don't call me chefs to God for nothing. Let's go. Put my apron on. She put her apron on. She said, okay, we're going to make some corn casserole and mac and cheese. Come on. Everybody love that. Come on. And so we got in there. She said, okay, you need the corn. Check. Got it. We need the sweet corn. Got it. We need the corn muffin. Got it. We need the butter. What else, babe? Got most all the ingredients. Sour cream. Sour cream. Praise the Lord for sour cream. Sour cream. Got it, right? We grabbed all these ingredients and we whip it, whip it real good and came out with some corn casserole and mac and cheese. And let me tell you, oh yeah, come on, praise God for some corn casserole and mac and cheese. We can praise God for that. It came out phenomenal, if I do say so myself, right? It was absolutely amazing. Now, I can make corn casserole, but I can't make the corn that grows out in the field. I can grab the butter and mix it in there, but I can't make the cow that produces the milk to make the butter. But there's a God that when he speaks, stars come out of his mouth. There's a God that when he spoke, the galaxies were made. Come on, if you know the God that you have, can you give him some praise this morning? He'll make something out of nothing. If you walked in here today and you don't have anything, good news, he doesn't need anything to make something. He's the God that makes something out of nothing. Today, if your life is broken, if you feel hopeless, we have a God that is a creator. Somebody give God some praise. Come on. If today you walked in and you're like, my marriage is nothing. It's falling to pieces. Don't worry. He can make something out of it. If today you walk in and you're like, Alex, my faith, I'm hopeless. I still got this addiction. I'm tired. He can make something out of nothing. You walked in here today. You're watching at the plaza. You're watching online. Alex, I have nothing. He can make something out of nothing. Look how Isaiah describes them. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 5. It says, thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. This is the God that we have. He's a creator. Somebody say creator. creator. Keep faith. That's why we come in here and we worship. We don't worship because somebody's going to bring a message. We don't worship because we like the atmosphere. We worship because our God is a creator. The disciples, when they were being persecuted in the book of Acts, when they got together to pray, the first words that came out of the mouth is God, maker of the heavens and the earth. Because we're in trouble. When you're in trouble, you got to remember that you serve a God that is a creator. He can get me out this trouble even if I don't got nothing. He's a creator. Today, keep faith. I know the last 12 months have been hard. Some of us has lost family members, businesses, income, but he's a creator. So I wake up every day expecting something from God because he can make something out of nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It says it was formless and and empty. In the original language, in the Hebrew, there's two words there for without form and void. It's tohu. Somebody say tohu. And bohu. Somebody say bohu. 
Similar words, tohu and bohu. It literally means a wasteland without form, vacant, a desert, nothing to it. Now, there's two schools of thought about Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. One school of thought is, well, Genesis chapter 1 is just giving us a picture of God creating. It's not in his final form. The second school of thought is that this is what happened to earth once Lucifer fell from heaven and he came down to earth. I agree with the first one. It's giving us a picture, much like a potter, when he grabs a lump of clay and he puts it on the spinning wheel. You first look at it and you're like, what is that? That's disgusting. What are you going to do with that? Then he starts to give it form. He starts to give it shape. All of a sudden, a beautiful vase comes out of it. Well, if you look at it just for a moment at the beginning, it looks like it's without form and function. As you keep reading Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that God is not a God who leaves anything incomplete. He's a God who finishes everything. The second application we can learn from this is that God is a perfecter, so keep trusting. Not only is God a creator, he's also a perfecter. So if you walked in here today and your life feels incomplete, your marriage is falling apart, God, when are you going to finish this? I got good news for you. Whatever God starts, he finishes. God is a perfecter. He's a God that keeps on working. Can I get an amen? Right after Thanksgiving, uh, that Friday that everybody goes out to shop and go crazy, and if you were tired and upset that so many people were in the streets, we were one of those couples. We were on the streets buying all kinds of stuff. Dana's like, let's put up the Christmas tree today. Anybody put up the Christmas tree right after Thanksgiving? Anybody? Anybody leaves it almost to like Valentine's Day? <laughs> Some of you still have it at your house. Babe, let's put up the Christmas tree. Now, I grew up with real Christmas trees in my house. Anybody like me? My parents love, like, we, we even had sometimes, like, let's go cut it down, do whatever we got to do. Like, it, it smells like pine. When you walk into the house, it just smells like pine. You don't know, like, a squirrel could be in the tree, a possum, I don't know. Like, this is a real Christmas tree. Dan, a couple years ago, said, babe, let's stop with the real Christmas tree. Why don't we buy a fake Christmas tree? And I'm like, I don't like fake. But she's like, come on, it's much easier. I said, okay, I gave in. We bought a fake Christmas tree. So this... Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving, the Friday right after Thanksgiving, uh, I go to the garage, I pull out the box, and we go to the living room, and I spread out the tree. It comes in three pieces. Dana begins to bring in all the ornaments, decorations, and all around the living room, I mean, like all over is everything that she wants to put on the tree, right? She brings out all the Christmas lights. Why are they always tangled? They never, you can never, like, it's it's a mess. They're, They're all over the living room. Now, if you were to look at the living room, it was without form. It wasn't really a Christmas tree. It was still incomplete. All of a sudden, we put some Charlie Brown Christmas music on, and we started getting to work. I said, okay, let me build the bottom base of the tree. Then I grabbed the second part of the tree and put it over. Then I grabbed the third and final part. Diana started putting all the ornaments on. We were whistling and burking and flirting, and we were putting the Christmas tree together. What I love about the fake Christmas tree is that you don't even have to go around. I just spun the tree and put the lights. As I was spinning, I just... (laughs) After about an hour and a half... You walked into the house. My God, it was this big, beautiful Christmas tree. Now it was in its final form. Can I tell you, we have a God that does not leave anything incomplete. He is filling you. He is forming you. He's putting function on you. He fills with the Holy Spirit. He gives you gifts. He gives you discernment. He gives you a word of wisdom. Come on, that's the God that we have. If today you feel like you're lacking in some area, he's never going to leave you incomplete. Look what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this, therefore, somebody say therefore. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the what? Oh, come on, somebody. The founder and the? 
and the perfecter of our faith. Another translation says he's the author and the finisher because whatever he starts, he finishes. If I'm not finished yet, then he's still working. Come on. If I'm not done yet, God is still working on my life. He's still working on my marriage. He's still working out this issue in my life. He's the founder and perfecter. Whatever he starts, he finishes. Mom, you're upset about your kids still in, in that addiction. In that ha- Whatever he starts, he finishes. Keep trusting. Alex, but my finances, I haven't been able to keep trusting. Whatever he starts, he finishes. But I still got this issue in my life. The Holy Spirit is working. Don't you give up. There's still grace for you. Whatever he starts, he finishes. He grabbed the earth and he began to form it. And he began to fill it. He said, let me grab Free Willy over here and put him in the ocean. (laughs) Let me grab some mountain ranges. And like he began to fill the earth. Beautiful. Genesis chapter one brings faith and hope to our life. The Bible says in verse one, he's a creator. In verse two, he's a perfecter. And then we read verse three. Look what verse three says. Verse three says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Why was there light? Because there was darkness over the earth. Now, check this out. It says there was darkness, but that the Spirit of God hovered over the darkness. Today, if you walked in here and you're saying, Alex, my life is dark. You don't know what I've walked through the past 12 months. You're right. I don't. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex, you don't know what I did last night, last week, last month. I don't. And if you feel like your life is too dark right now, I want to tell you, That God is not afraid of our darkness. He invades our darkness. This is for somebody today. You're struggling because life has been difficult. I've been there. You're struggling because there's no way that God can love somebody like me because I've done some things that nobody knows about. I've had dark thoughts, confusing moments where I've doubted, turned my back on God, maybe said some things out of my mouth that I wasn't supposed to when I've gotten angry at God and life has felt dark, much like our world has looked dark the past 12 months, confusing, chaotic. But God brought the cosmos out of the chaos and he can do it again. He can do it again. Today, if you're walking in that, he wants to invade your darkness. I'm here as a testimony that he's invaded my darkness. Our dark, difficult moments of confusion, anger, grief, he invaded it. The Bible says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That word hover, it literally means to shake or to brood over the waters. The way a hen does when she has eggs under her. And when the eggs begin to hatch and little chicks come out, it begins to flap its wings so that which is under it begins to get life. So when the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, it was flapping its wings so that the earth would begin to come to life. It's what happened in the original creation in Genesis chapter 1, and it's what happened in the new creation of the church in Acts chapter 2, because the disciples were in darkness, right? Jesus gets arrested and crucified. They witness this. They witness him resurrecting, but you can tell they're still fearful and afraid, and Jesus says, don't be afraid. Go to the upper room and wait for what? Wait for the Holy Spirit. They're in the upper room. They're praying. Maybe a dark moment in their mind, heart, and soul. And right there, the Bible says that the Spirit of God rushed into the room like a violent wind, hovering over them. 
And it's in Acts chapter 2 that new life comes out. Because every single time the Spirit of God moves upon us is to do something new in our life. And I sense in my heart, whether it's in the plaza, online, or here at the North Campus, that God wants to hover over some people and bring something new out of your life. The past 12 months have been difficult. You've been doubting. You've been going through it. I've been there. But come on, let's invite the Holy Spirit. Move upon me. I need more of you. Fill me, God. Hover over my life, mind, body, and soul. I need new life today. And he hovers over the waters. Father God is speaking. The Spirit is moving. And the sun is about to start shining. Because then it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Somebody say light. Who was the light? Well, if you keep reading Genesis chapter 1, the sun wasn't created yet. So the light was the light of Jesus. Alex, how you know that? I'll show you. Go to John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Remember, the gospel of John, John is trying to convince us that Jesus is the Son of God. That's literally the purpose of the book of John. So look how he begins. In fact, he begins his gospel the same way the Bible begins in Genesis chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, just like Genesis, in the beginning, God created. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was a life, and the life was the light of men. Come on. Look how it finishes. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That brought life to my soul. Another translation says, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. (laughs) Because the light of Jesus will shine in any area And the enemy and every single spiritual dark force that wants to come and overtake our mind, body, and soul cannot comprehend and cannot overcome the light of Jesus when it begins to illuminate in our life. And so the third application is God illuminates, so keep hoping. You've given up hope. You've walked in with doubt, fears, insecurities. Today, I want to tell you to trust in God because the light of Jesus is greater than the darkness against you. And so today, it may look engulfing, it may look never-ending, but when his light shines, the enemy and every single dark principality has to run in the name of Jesus. He makes darkness tremble. Oh, come on, when Jesus begins to shine, his light is brighter than the sun. Oh, come on, he said, be light, and there was light. And there was light. And it wasn't the sun. In fact, Revelation chapter 21, almost at the very end of the Bible, it says that in the new heaven and the new earth, there will be no need for sun because of his light. Today, you may be walking in a cloudy day. You don't need the sun to have the sun. He'll shine upon your situation. I've been there. I've walked through it. Been in dark moments. This past year has been difficult and hard across every area. But God is faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. I have a sense in my heart some people walked in today and you're there. You've given up hope. Keep hoping because he'll illuminate. The darkness won't last very long. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The fog is going to begin to lift. The clouds will begin to lift and the light of Jesus will shine through. Alistair Begg, a preacher that I love to hear, 
he's this older preacher, and I love what he said. He said this, God's care for his children is like the sun. It's constant. Even though the clouds obscure it, it doesn't mean the sun is not there. It's always there. Just go above the clouds. Just go above the clouds. Some days you come out, you don't see the sun. It's there. You just can't see it because the clouds are in the way. Some of you today, you've doubted God, doubted that Jesus can do something in your life because clouds are in the way today. Can you just lift up your vision a little higher, go above the clouds? He's there. He's faithful. He's with you. He will illuminate. And he'll make a way where there is no way. November of 2020, right at the very beginning, me and Diana both got COVID. I got COVID first. A couple days later, she had COVID. And thank God it was mild. It was nothing crazy. But, but I was reading an article that said that if you get COVID, one of the best things to do is to get sun. So asked Diana. I lost my mind. Every single day, I was trying to get sun. Right? We were quarantining at home. And I would wake up in the morning, and I would tell Diana, I'm going to go sit out at the sun. I'm just, I'm just getting some sun. I'm just getting some sun. I need some sun. I don't want COVID-19, you know, like for the rest of my life. Like I'm, I'm getting sun. And then I'll go out walking. I'll go out walking. I'll go out walking two, three times a day. Like, I'm just going to go get sun. I'm getting a tan all day long. I don't care. I'm getting sun. I don't want COVID lingering around for more than a week. Like, I'm trying to get rid of this thing. And uh, Miami, if you've been in Miami, Miami is hot and the sun is out 24-7 all year long. Like, we don't have winters. Our winters is 85 degrees. That's our winter. I wake up one day in November and I want to get some sun. And I go outside and it's cloudy. It feels like there is no sun. And I'm telling Dana, babe, babe. I'm going to go out walking. I need some sun. I'm going to go look for the sun. Like, literally, I'm going to go out walking. I go out walking, and my neighborhood is like this big, huge, like, horseshoes, like a half circle. So I'm walking, and all I see is clouds. And I'm like, Where, where's the sun? I need some sun. COVID-19, get off of me. God, not God, where's the sun? Right? I'm trying to look at the sun. All of a sudden, the clouds were moving, and the sun would break through a little bit. I'm like, there it is, there it is, there it is. I need some sun. I need some sun, right? I just needed to get my vision up a little bit higher to see the sun. It was always there, but the clouds were blocking it. I promise you, I got so desperate, I saw the sun shining on the other side of the street. I crossed the street. I ran across the street. I'm like, I need sun! Sun! Like, I, was, I just wanted COVID-19 off. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to need some sun. The sun was always there, but there was clouds blocking it along the way. Today, some of us need to position ourselves and just say, God, I need you. I'm going to lift up my eyes a little bit higher. I know it's been dark, but you're there. You're constant. Your love is there. Your, your grace is there. Your mercy is there. I'm going to raise up my faith. I'm going to lift up my vision. I'm going to trust you, God, that the darkness won't last very long. And the clouds, sooner or later, they'll lift up in the name of Jesus. I'll begin to worship you even when I can't see it. I'll begin to praise you even when there is no sun because you will illuminate you're a creator you're a perfecter and you're an illuminator come on somebody can we praise God this morning can we worship him with all we got why don't we stand up to our feet why don't we worship God with all we got this morning come on let's sing it out Lord send revival 